teachers in the school at times will get very angry with us. Why? Oh, we bring in trash into the school. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah Taranka is from Sierra Leone. He's finishing up his bachelor's in global challenges in Kigali, Rwanda. And the reason he was bringing trash to his school was that he was trying to generate energy with it. At times, nobody will understand the value of waste or any waste product until somebody has made use out of them. Today, as part of our 20 and 2020 series on the global generation coming of age, we're heading to the continent of Africa to talk to this 20-year-old innovator who's faced difficult challenges throughout his life but still found a way to create an alternative energy source for 150 homes in Sierra Leone. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. We caught up with Jeremiah from a classroom at the African Leadership University, ALU. So you might hear some noise here and there during this episode from other students around him. I describe myself as an entrepreneur. So what I do currently is I study, but then on the sideline, I also do have a venture. We'll get to that venture and what 2020 meant for Jeremiah in a bit. But before that, I wanted to know where his interest in sustainable energy comes from. You're in Rwanda now, but you grew up in Sierra Leone. So let's start at the beginning. Tell me more about where you grew up and what life was like back then. So I was born in the midst of the civil war and I grew up with a single mom. Uh, it was very much challenging considering the fact that she was uneducated. However, considering the fact that how women have been segregated in most societies and how my mom stood up to the challenge and inspired me, she told me, um, I may not be educated, but then I'm pushing very hard for you to be educated and contribute to society. So as I grew up, I realized my childhood was fun and I learned a lot. When did you realize that? When were you able to see that this was a challenge for my mom, but clearly education meant a lot for her? Is that something that you recognize now when you were older or did you know it at the time that this was unusual? No, it never crossed my mind because as kids, you know, and your mom is like a comfort zone for you. Jeremiah says that in 2017, he began to understand how much his education mattered to his mom. That year, he got accepted to do his university studies at ALU. But it was a bittersweet acceptance because of who and what he'd leave behind at home. My mom was suffering from breast cancer, so we were caught between a situation where um, she told me not to come. Then later on, she was like, I feel like I have little or more time to live, so I'll give you this money that I was supposed to use in hospital. It was during that time that I really got to know how much she has sacrificed for me along the way. Oh, my goodness. That's incredibly strong of her. I'm so sorry to hear that. So you grew up with your mom in a place called the Grafton Village Settlement, Tell me about that. What is it? What did it look like? So, during the Civil War, um, there was a lot of displacement happening around the country, you know. A lot of people were displaced, and 
organizations like the UN and other well-wishing organizations and the government of Sierra Leone. We're trying to see how they can um, bring people together who they have a place to stay in one community. So they developed like a settlement in Grafton, called Grafton Village. They were called camps. At the time, Jeremiah was just 14 years old and the Grafton Village camp had pretty limited access to basic infrastructure. Residents used firewood and charcoal as their source of heat and light. The lack of resources gave him an idea of how to use technology to fill the gap. So walk me through the process of building a hydro plant because of challenges that you were facing where you were living. We used to cover a very long distance to school. It was a very long walk in the morning and the evening. At times, when I'm going to school, I always come across like this big dumping site. And as kids, the temptation was very high for us to enter into those dumping sites and try to see what we as scavenge and take home. So um, we started scavenging some things and we take them home. And the curiosity and our realities that we were exposed to, we started seeing, okay, how can we make use of these scavenge materials that we are bringing home? At some point, my mom was very tense on me because I was like given a very bad image of the family out there, saying, oh, your kid is always in the dustbin. At some point, she realized and come to the conclusion, okay, let me see how you can make use of yourself. So his mom gave him a space in the house to bring what he had scavenged at the dumpster. He started cleaning the materials and trying to figure out what use he could make out of them. So it was in that process that I started realizing I do have a skill. So when I was in high school, we were able to develop the Hydro. Jeremiah and a group of kids from his high school founded a team of young scientists. The Hydro that he talks about is a mini hydro plant they created. The machine uses water to generate energy. So basically, with trash and lots of experimenting, they built a mini plant that along with water, would go on to provide electricity to his camp. And my mom was also very instrumental in the whole process because um, she sacrificed a lot and gave me um, some money to buy cables because those are not things you can find in the dustbin at times. We developed it, we prototyped it, it worked. But then access to finance at some point was a major challenge. And money wasn't the only issue. So basically in Sierra Leone, we do have about two seasons, the evening season and the dry season. So during the raining season, the water level is always high. As we approach like the dry season, water levels start going down. And that's how we realized the amount of energy initially we were producing starts reducing. So um, I told my guys, we have to revision and see how we can survive without this water. It became clear that the hydro plant couldn't provide energy year-round because of the lack of water during the dry season. So Jeremiah came up with a new concept called Optum Energy, a device that uses kinetic energy and vibration to generate power that's clean, affordable, and accessible. And the wonderful part as well is there is no CO2 gas emission um, and the CO2 gas that comes in play beats from the humans and from the end product, everything is used in the process. But then I'm still working on the whole optimum energy device, trying to see how I can add more value on it. The device is still a prototype, but it's providing energy to 150 homes in Jeremiah's community in Sierra Leone. 
Optum Energy is installed on highly congested roads. The device captures the vibration that cars and trucks produce and transforms it into electricity. This is a very simplified explanation of Jeremiah's sophisticated engineering. Remember, he was only 14 when it was created. Now, at 20, creating a second prototype is the focus of his studies and his big venture. So everything he's learning in college in Rwanda is getting him closer to his big dream. But it didn't begin that way, and he had a very rocky start. While his mom supported his move there financially, she soon passed away from cancer. It was so emotional for my first semester, but then here we are now. <sighs> I'm sorry, that is a lot for one year. Yeah. It was a heavy blow, but Jeremiah continued with his university studies. Eventually, he was able to get some scholarship money. Then came 2020. And it actually started off pretty well, with big praise in the beginning. So you're 20 years old, but already you have been recognized very widely for your energy conservation efforts, for your intelligence. So last year, the United Nations Academic Impact and Millennium Campus Network named you a fellow. How did that feel? It felt amazing and nice because I was among the first class uh, of people to be called a fellow for my university. It was fun and uh, the fellowship, the exercises that we went through and the feedback we received before getting to the point of being called fellow, like there was a lot of learning in the process and a lot of um, networking that happened. So yeah, it was nice. (laughs) So when the pandemic hit, what changed immediately for you? What was the impact on you? So there was this lot of misinformation and panic among us, especially internationals in Rwanda. I was actually in school when the first case was registered. And I also had like my brother here with me. So I was like, what are we going to do now? Like many of us, Jeremiah and his brother got masks and stayed indoors a lot. He was still studying, but then he got news from back home in Sierra Leone. I had a friend, a very close friend of mine, who would go up. He was telling me, I just have some body pains. I'm like, young man, you need to go for a checkup. He's like, oh, if I go, they'll do this, they'll kill me. Because the misinformation that most people had in Sierra Leone during COVID-19, you know, we had Ebola in 2014. So when Ebola came, there was a lot of misinformation. Now to the West African nation of Sierra Leone, where the government ordered six million citizens to stay home for three days in an effort to stem the spread of the deadly Ebola virus. Seriously ill patients don't want to go to treatment centers because they believe that is where you go to die. Jeremiah lost his grandmother and other family members to Ebola. What he remembers is that they went to the hospital because they were sick, but by then it was too late. They will never return again. So many people are very skeptical. So that skepticism made Jeremiah's old friend wait too long to get the medical care he needed. He died from COVID. The news shook Jeremiah. And then he also got sick. I feel like at some point I contacted it. (laughs) But then I only had like flu and body aches. So I called him 
And they were like, since it's not that serious, do you have shortness of breath? I said, no. They were like, oh, the hospitals are very overwhelming. You stay home, you isolate yourself from everyone. I'm so glad. And you're feeling 100% now? Oh, yeah. When the coronavirus was announced, did you have flashbacks? Did you feel like, okay, I, I've lived through Ebola. I know how to handle this. Or did it feel completely foreign and different because you were in a totally different country? Yeah, I'm here on my own. But then during Ebola, like I had family and I had a place to stay. So when the COVID happened, I was like, in, in case anything happened, it would be difficult even for your relatives to know what is going on with you here. This year went by with many challenges. Jeremiah also lost his aunt to liver disease. But there were some bright moments. The We Are Family Foundation named him one of their global team leaders for his environmental work with the Optum Energy Project. What are you hoping for in 2021? And are you optimistic? Yes. So actually, being in the energy space requires also a lot of knowledge and a lot of learning, regardless of the amount of skills you have at your disposal. A lot of people challenge your ideas. Now, he's looking forward to finishing his degree with the hopes of starting a master's program. I'm thinking of the US and Europe, mostly, considering some of the institutions that they have in financial aid, (laughs) more scholarships, yeah. I'm very optimistic because Ebola came. We were thinking, okay, maybe Ebola is the end of everything. But then I learned a lot after Ebola. So I do have the same kind of mentality where in 2021 will be a new page, a new beginning. It all depends on what we make out of 2021. So I'm very optimistic. Looking back, how do you think you'll see this year in 20 or 30 years? Mm. It's like a mixed feeling kind of year, you know. A lot of challenges happened, a lot of emotions. However, it also brought a couple of good things along with it. COVID-19 exposed us to some of the challenges our local communities face that we've never thought about. When COVID came, we all realized, okay, there's a lot of hunger that is happening. People need access to energy. And it opened like a very big window of opportunity for people to scale up their impact regardless of what was happening. It had its own challenges, but then it was also a very nice year. I really connected with a lot of people. And I'm not saying like it would not have happened, but then it all happened because of COVID. At the end of the school year, Jeremiah will go back to Sierra Leone until he gets into grad school. There, he plans to continue with his Optum Energy project. He told us that his idea is to create a circular energy sector where people produce energy with simple objects around them and with his device, use that energy to generate electricity while eliminating greenhouse gas emissions and allowing our environment to flourish once more. Optum Energy is not all about me stacking money in the bank. It's me um, making access to energy reality for the most disadvantaged people in the global south. In the long run, it's all about trying to see how energy systems will be developed to live up to the current challenges that humanity faces. Jeremiah, I wish you much success because that sounds incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much. It was nice and thank you so much for making time for me too. And that's The Take. 
This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez and Amy Walters, with Nagin Oliay, Dina Kispe, Oni Wohacha, Alexandra Locke, Priyanka Tilve, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is the sound designer. Natalia Aldana is our engagement producer. Stacey Samuel is the Takes executive producer. And Graylin Brashear is our head of audio. To hear the other stories in our 20 and 2020 series, follow us on social media. We're at AJ the Take on Twitter and Instagram. And for more, just go to aljazeera.com slash the take. We'll be back.